0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At gotodobs.com shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Yes, yes. Welcome in to Tim and Lil Tex here on 101 ESPN. I'm Tim. That's Lil Tex. Hi, everyone. Say you, Lil Tex. Say you, Lil Tex. What's up? What are you watching? Hornets highlights? Buzz City? No. Sorry to, sorry to bother you in the middle of the show.
2: Yeah, my headphones were having a little issue, but now we're back. You can't back. hear me across the... No, we're back. I have we're an back. incredible voice. I know. it. You project really well.
1: No, I'm excited about myself. <laughs> I'm also excited about this. The Colonel, Gabriel DeArmond, is going to be with us coming up at 1035.
2: Always a pleasure.
1: Jackson, you said at the beginning of this Missouri basketball coaching search you wanted Cleveland State's coach to get the job. Well, you might get your wish.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I was. I, I watched a lot of the Vikings tape this year, and I like what Cousins. they Cousins,
1: right. Cleveland State Vikings. Not Is much. that
2: their uh, mascot?
1: Yeah, I'm almost positive. <sighs> God, I'm kind of in the tank. I feel like I might be able to take this down.
2: I, I Honestly, I would actually throw some cash on it. The more I think of it.
1: Okay, okay now you're playing back at me, and now I'm starting to wonder because I have I have pocket tens, and I think you have ace queen suited. Oh, tick-tock, tick-tock. I think if we play more hands, I can get you, so I'm going to lay it down.
2: Uh, they are the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was good, it was a
1: good move to fold. It was a good move to fold. He played back at me. I think if you just call there, I, I bluff off my stack. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, welcome into this pr- presentation. Gabe will be with us coming up at 1035. Also, today is a very special anniversary. It is the 10th anniversary of what is known as the Norfolk State situation. Mm.
2: Mm-mm. Jackson
1: will relive his memories. The first time Missouri caused him to weep.
2: Yeah. You know what? That probably was the first. Did you weep? I I remember. Maybe not. I was close. I was in Florida at the time of spring break. So it kind of eased uh, the family. It must be nice to grow up in Ladue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: get the month off and you.
2: Month. <laughs> yeah.
1: You start in Miami and work your way up the coast and then you head over to Naples. Nice. Nah, you work your way up that coast.
2: I was in Naples, the Gulf side. See, there it is. Yeah. I knew but, it. But, uh,
1: that no panhandle no pan the... for you. No.
2: Well, I've been there before, but not this not time. On your way
1: to Naples or That's right. Jupiter.
2: Yeah, stop over at the night. Um, but that that one uh, crushed me, because I had never been more into Mizzou basketball. Oh, uh, nine was pretty close, but I'd never been more into Mizzou basketball than that year. Uh, and that one crushed me.
1: Crushed, uh, the, crushed. Colonel, the Colonel and I are both up around the same. I think you're up before both of us, I think.
2: Friday, I get up at about
1: 4.30. But uh, Gabe and I... University of Missouri Journalism, class of 90, well, he class of 98. I'm still, I might be class of 2025. I I might graduate with my son. (laughs) That's a, but, uh, Gabe, uh, Gabe tweeted out when I said, we're going to relive the magic. And he said, oh, I didn't know we were going to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, it hurts. Now he, Maybe he won't be appearing. But we also will hear the latest on the coaching search. And another name in his report this morning that is a big surprise. Now, I'm not saying it will excite people, but it's from a school that people are going to go, really? So if you already subscribed to Power Mizzou, you may have seen Gabe's report. If not, I will let the colonel talk about that. That's coming up in, oh, Jackson, I'd say about a half hour here on Balloon Party doing business as Tim and Lil Tex, also Sam and Mark. As is the case. You can text in 65780. That's how you can interact with with us. You're looking forward to talking over with the colonel. Also, we have some news from Jupiter, Florida this morning. I feel like here is a guy, here's a guy who is polarizing in St. Louis sports, maybe the most polarizing person in St. Louis sports at this moment. Yeah. Because St. Louis sports isn't as deep as it was seven years
2: ago. Right. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that.
1: Yeah, okay, I'll just ask the question. Who's the most polarizing person in St. Louis sports? And yet, if you, and I don't want to say I know him, but I've certainly interviewed him, I don't know, like one-on-one, half-hour-plus interviews, three times maybe, maybe four times at this point, probably three, Uh, Jack Flaherty. And he's the most unpolarizing person as far as when you actually talk with him. Mm -hmm. If anything, I would say he is one of the most intelligent members of the Cardinal organization I've spoken to, and I would guess in going to spring training and doing television and radio since uh, 1998 and what Jackson calls a Hall of Fame career, I guess he's right. Mm -hmm. I've interviewed uh, 100-plus one-on-one. He's one of the best interviews. He is incredibly thoughtful, but there is a portion of the Cardinal fan base, some of whom I will believe will start texting in right now, uh, who really don't like Jack Flaherty. So you have that going on already, mm-hmm. and then you have news yesterday that the Cardinals are a little concerned about his shoulder, which would, even if you dislike him as a Cardinal fan, I would imagine would concern you. For sure. Now, if you like him and you're a Cardinal fan, you're going, man, this guy in 2019 was, was Jake Arrieta in the second half of 2015. He was unhittable. Right. So Flaherty spoke this morning um, with uh, the group of reporters on the scene at the Cardinal Complex, and here is what he had to say about his shoulder situation and the exam, and they're waiting for the results at any moment. If we get them, we will have them for you here on Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. But here is to what Jack Flaherty had to say this morning.
0: Jack, was it something that came up just one pitch, or was it something that was building over over time? Uh, It
3: had been... You know, a little bit of discomfort since the end of the end of last season, but um, no, just something that, that you know we worked through. kept kept working at, kept getting you know kind of up and down. Uh, but we just came here. They just they just they wanted to get another look at it. You know, they, we haven't seen them. You know, the lockout made things you know yeah. difficult to to have any type of communication. Or really any communication at all. So they they just wanted to get another look at it. You know, I came in, you know, saw docs and everything. So it's just their first look at me and they just want to get another look.
0: What were you able to do this winter? This off-season, was it pretty standard for you? I, yeah, it was pretty
3: normal. I mean, it was, it was a pretty normal off-season. Um, but again, you know, I just, I was able to, you know, have a good enough relationship to communicate certain things with them and, yeah. you know, the lockout made things, uh, you know a certain way where we, we when we got in they just you know want to do their job and, and get another look
0: alex said that you know his shoulder was still hurting from last season but for 99 days you couldn't talk to him Did, was that the case with you at all or maybe you couldn't let him know that you were having some discomfort
3: i we i couldn't talk to him at all yeah. so yeah. it's that's uh, that's just the case that that it was um yeah but, but you know like i said once i got here they just wanted to you know we communicated, we talked and we, we've gone over everything but you know, there's nothing new right now.
4: Did you comparison to draw between how you felt last year when you came back from the week versus now?
3: that no, I, I wouldn't compel and compare anything. Um, you know, everything is is its own thing. Um, you know, but I, I do everything I can to to be ready to go and to uh you know, put myself through everything I possibly could this off season. But again, it's just someone came in and then they wanted to get a look at it. They haven't had, we haven't been able to have, a, have their hands on me at all or, or talk or communicate. So, just have more, you know. Nobody knows clarity. how
0: you feel more than you. Are you worried or do you think it's just mild or? All
3: right, I'm not gonna know anything until they, they come back with anything yeah. more.
0: Gotcha. Have you had anything like this before
3: in the past? I mean, I haven't been hurt till till last year, so I mean, the answer's no. Any plans to get like a second opinion? No, like I said, man, we're waiting until we get whatever we hear back in the next few hours.
0: Jack, were you able to throw off a mound this summer? Did you, did, were you trying to build, you know, obviously build up your, your throws before camp?
3: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're still just waiting to, to hear what we got.
1: There's Jack Flaherty this morning. That audio courtesy of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And so, as you heard, they are going to get the results back from this test this morning. Now, Jackson... Yeah. and I ask our audience who just sure. listened to that audio, what is your reaction to it uh, as far as level of concern? Uh, I've got a two-part answer, but I want to I want to hear what your when you we watched it together during commercial break on TMA at nine yeah. o'clock this morning, and now you're hearing it uh, for a second time here on one hundred and one ESPN. Uh, what is your reaction?
2: So I hear it's a little. I, I hear a little frustration in his voice, which makes me a little more concerned than if he was somewhat jovial when he was talking, like, yeah, you know, it hurts, but we'll be, we'll see what we can do. Hopefully everything comes out right. It just seemed to me like he was a little bit frustrated. So my concern is a little higher than it would be if if I just read this on print, but hearing that makes me a little more concerned.
1: Okay. I'm kind of in the same camp as you to, to elaborate on that. Uh, the first, I think we played about two minutes, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, of audio. mm mm-hmm. The first minute and forty seconds, if anything, it sounded to me like he was just like, "Yeah, they just—they haven't seen me. We haven't been able to talk, so this is just a chance to check." Right. And then at the end, it sounded like there was a little bit of concern.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's my read. Yeah. It, the first minute forty, I'm like, "Oh, this is kind of a no big deal," and they're just I they just want to check on it. And then I was like, "Oh, now it sounds like there might be something going on." And when you're talking about a shoulder, and you're talking about a pitcher, yeah you're talking about a major potential issue. Tommy John these days is almost like a rite of passage. Yep. But a shoulder is a different deal. Now this could be nothing as you heard. They get the results back and it's good, it's good. But a shoulder that's a that's a, a pitcher any athlete really, I mean with the exception of a handful of sports, that, that that's going to be uh, a major issue. It's a major process. Yeah. Uh, I know everybody listening to this knows how great of an athlete I am. Um, I was able to get cut from the football team, the basketball team, and, and the baseball team at St. Louis U High in a matter of six months. Um, and uh, and so my my shoulder labrum tear in my left shoulder that I got two years ago played a role in that 32 years ago. And And so I would love to get surgery on it because I haven't lifted weight since it happened. And I kind of would like to keep my body, uh, Jackson, I know you always say it during commercial breaks, man, your body's tight and rewarding. I'd like to keep it tight and rewarding, and thank you for the compliment, but I am worried that the shoulder surgery, I've heard horror stories about it. Oh, yeah. You know?
2: Especially, yeah, like you said, especially for a pitcher. And I feel like some of that frustration is also aimed, because he was very outspoken during the lockout, about his frustration with the lockout. So not being able to talk to the doctors talk to the medical staff during that time was also frustrating because now here we are in, you know, mid-March and he's just now having to get all this
1: done. Hey, I have to tell you, this is, this is kind of an aside, but it's relevant to the conversation. I just don't understand how you can't, like, even if, like, there is an actual rule or law, like, can't you, like, have, like, a buddy? Right. <laughs> I just don't understand how it's, like, totally frozen out. Like, right. hey, I'm a little concerned about, Jack's a little concerned about his shoulder is there somebody he can see and wherever 100%. it is that he is? so weird. I mean, Tatis, we saw that the other day. I just, I, I but I, you know, I mean, here you're talking about two of the, the top players in the National League and both are running into this. It's just, it strikes me as, I just don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I can't, I, it legitimately confuses me. Right. It's
2: super weird.
1: Either way, now, what, what was I saying on the show yesterday? The Cardinals. It would be a real disappointment if they're not a playoff team. Not because I think they're a great team, but because of how crappy the division is, and they're going to get to heap up what fifty-four wins, if my math is correct. Eighteen games against the Pirates, Brewers, or now Pirates, Cubs, and Reds. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the only other team of note in the division is the Brewers. So, you know, you play you play at a six sixty-seven clip against those three operations, and you're you're hunting. You got thirty-six oh, yeah. wins. No if my doubt. math is correct. And so, with that said, you're in a good spot versus other teams for the wild card because you get the advantage of playing those teams more often. But you lose Jack Flaherty, and now all of a sudden you got a situation.
2: Right, right. And I feel like we every year going into the season it's always well, we got the pitching staff, we're good there, but then one or two guys gets injured, and then you see what we did—the Cardinals did at the trade deadline with Lester and Jay Happ—and you have to go get those kind of guys. So, you know, depth in the rotation is certainly really, really important if you're trying to make a run in October.
1: Uh, let's see. we got a bunch of texts on the topic, and you can text in and join in the conversation. It's 65780, Talking Jack Flaherty. And if you're just joining us, he addressed the media this morning regarding his shoulder and uh, the status of... Of that. Uh, Gabe Diarmond will be joining us coming up in about 20 minutes on the Missouri basketball search, plus some interesting football news with a visit this weekend. Tease, mm. tease, tease. I don't tease. even know about this. Tease, tease, tease. Make an effing appointment at the doctor's office like the rest of us, Jack. That's from the 314.
2: Believe they have to see a team-approved doctor, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, let's see, uh, boy, there are people really unhappy. The F-word's getting thrown around. Sure is. You see that? Yeah. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm all for it. I just can't say it on this. Uh, right. On these FCC airways. Uh, honestly, I'm concerned. But every year the Cardinals lose a starter in spring training. This year it's going to be Flaherty. I mean, they lost Wainwright in 2011, right? And they won the World Series. Sure. But yep. Flaherty at this age and, uh this situation with a shoulder, yeah, that's super that's concerning. The deal. Uh, Tim, it sounded to me like the last bit of the interview. Boy, they're coming in so fast, I can't keep up. It sounded to me like the last bit of the interview was more annoyed with the questions than concern. If you get asked the same questions over and over, you'd be annoyed, too. No, I underst- I understand that, and I... You know, but it's, in, in a way, I would say, because I do get asked oftentimes some of what Jackson, I think he would say, fairly, you know, regarding, you know, radio stuff. Right. The same questions, but it's kind of the the, the deal. Right. And I don't think, and I, I get that, because that's what I was sensing, uh, the, the person who sent that text in. I agree with you. That's exactly what I was thinking as I was watching it. But then it turned a little bit at the end, and it had nothing to do with the repetitive nature of the questions. Yeah. Um, so, listen, I mean, here's, I mean, I would imagine... 95 plus percent of the people listening to us discuss this want him to be okay, even yep. if they don't like him uh, as a person. Uh, but uh, a shoulder, even if it's just acting up, yeah. is a problem. Yep. It's, you know, I, I, it, I know it may sound panicky, but it is a problem. And if he hasn't even had a session yet this spring and it's a problem, it's something that as a fan and also somebody who hosts a show, a couple of them, three of them, I guess, to be exact, Jackson, Yeah, that uh, it concerns, you know, concerns, concerns me. And I would imagine concerns fans. So even if you get a clean bill of health on it, if it's bothering him, it's a concern. You know, he might not have a tear, might not need surgery, but if it's not feeling right, I'll tell you, one of the the best pitchers the Cardinals had over the last 25 years, 25, 26 years, was Alan Bennis, Andy Brennis' younger brother, yep. who was sick in 96 started against Greg Maddox in the NLCS in game six and nearly got him to the world series. And I think he threw a nine inning, no hitter in 97, but the Cardinals lost the game. Something weird like that, Jeez. but he ran into shoulder problems and he just was never the same. And it's such a shame. And you talk to guys who are around the organization at that time, they talk about him. Yeah. Like he was the second coming, yeah. you know.
2: It's similar to like a back problem where it's going to linger, nags. It's
1: it's, it's going to linger
2: around for the rest of your career and can flare up at any time. Uh, so it's definitely something that you have to take really, really seriously.
1: Uh, guys, Mo and Dewitt are probably going to sign Julio Tehran as the answer, and it's so pathetic. Thanks, it's from the six three six. We'll talk Julio Tehran with Gabe Diarmond along with the Cleveland State Vikings coach. Yeah, and this visit regarding Missouri football my
2: you can't people can't see me but my eyebrows are raising
1: yeah no, no I see it yeah it's so creepy too <laughs> so creepy because you did it like three times in a row you don't do a Dwayne Johnson eyebrow no I don't get like that you got you got, a, you got both of them going. <laughs> Uh, are you worried that Jack will be like Walker, Anthony Reyes, and have all the talent, but injuries just keep them from reaching it? I don't know if I, if I would put Reyes. Reyes in that no, category. Don't I get me would. wrong. Game one, World Series 2006 uh, will always be there. But I don't think—I mean, Flaherty in 2019, that was— Yeah, that's— And I know, like, Jake Arietta doesn't have the cachet historically of the name I referenced earlier, Greg Maddox. But Arietta in the second half of 2015 for the Cubs was unlike anything I had seen from a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. There are guys who had seasons where you go. They're unhittable, right. but that's what Jacob Degrom. But he's been doing it for seven years. Yeah. With with regards to Flaherty, you knew he had talent, but then what he started to do in the second half of 2019, you're going, this guy is. When he starts, it's 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 just chalk it up. Yeah. Cardinals are minus two fifty. Fine, I'll throw it down. It's a lock. I'll, I'll bet yeah. two fifty to one hundred. So that and that's kind of what Arietta had going in the second half of 2015, and he just hasn't recaptured it. And a shoulder can be an issue. So we'll uh, we'll monitor that situation here. And if it, it, the news doesn't break while we're on the air, you have BK and Ferrario coming up. At uh, at eleven o'clock, and I'm sure you'll get news during that three-hour time slot. All right, we will take a break. Gabe Diarman coming up at ten thirty-five. This is Balloon Party, also known as Sam and Mark on one hundred and one ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Gabe Diarmid coming up here in about oh I got eleven minutes talking Missouri coaching search and Missouri football news legitimate news too yeah oh yeah so you know what it is
2: in regards to the coach into the regards to the coaching vacancy
1: no I said Missouri football unless oh, Drake is that too and if so I'm way behind the story
2: that would be interesting uh, no I'm be to I'm be completely honest a... you
1: weren't paying attention and you said yeah and then I called you on it. And you're all excited that you knew Cleveland State's mascot in the first segment. Right. You're, I'm you're really coming off the high here. <laughs> and I just shipped you. I just owned your soul on 100,000 FM wide airway. I am oblivious to this football news. I'm looking forward to hearing yeah. it. Yeah. I got to make sure that Gabe knows about it. Otherwise, that'd be awkward. Right. Or yeah. maybe it's maybe it's just false and then it'll be really awkward for me. Right. But yeah. it'll be on brand. Maybe if I should cut back over the top. Oh, I was listening to that moron McKernan on 101. Sam. Sam. <laughs> Sam McKernan. And he had this Mizzou football news and it turned out it was wrong. Yep. Gabe had to correct his old college buddy <laughs> who didn't graduate with him. I have baseball news. What was the name that we would see the most of when we started here? Oh, uh, Kyle and, Shor- and not a not a not a profanity with <laughs> yeah, an M right. and an F.
2: Right. Uh, Kyle Schwarber.
1: That's correct. Well, he won't be joining the Cardinals. Ah. Four year deal with the Phillies this morning. Mm. Four year deal. Yeah. How, how old that? is he? I'm going to make a play on 28. There is no way to get this information, so we will look it up in an encyclopedia after the show and get back to you tomorrow as to how old Kyle Schwarber is. 29. So I shipped it. Yeah. I mean, I get a one-year buffer on either. Yeah, of course. That's, I mean, tip of the cap for him for going and getting uh, a four-year deal. Absolutely. That would have been nice. Mm -hmm. I'd never really thought... Was I didn't think he down that. that it was going to happen. Uh guys, I'm really concerned the Cardinals don't have a DH in place yet. Going internal hasn't produced a championship in 11 years. Come on, Mo. That's from the 573.
2: Come on, Mo. Uh I guess if Come it was, on, Mo. If it was today, would it be Lars Bar would be your most likely one? I don't know
1: if they're going righty lefty on Yeah, I guess it's
2: day. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Jackson, because I'm just sitting here going I feel like I'm in the minority on talking about the Cardinal offense. That's well, and I guess it's just because people are bullish on, you know, the the outfielders and, you know, I guess yeah. Yadier Molina, they just kind of go, they think of Yadier Molina and they think of greatness, but it's not like that's been offensive greatness no, as no. of late. Nope. And it's understandable considering the age and the wear and tear of being a catcher since 2004 in the major leagues. But my goodness, I just, I don't, and Paul DeYoung at shortstop, I just don't see it. I don't see it. But the thing is, it still might be good enough to win the division. Yeah, seriously. Just because of how... Garbage the division is. Yeah. Uh so uh, that news coming this morning. Uh everyone calm down. Even if Jack is hurt, Jay Hap is still available on the market. We'll be fine. That's from Honest Avenue.
2: Honest Avenue. Honesty wow, and Media.
1: Honesty and Media. Also the name of the uh, the presentation here, along with Tim and Boy. Uh yeah, I made reference to my NCAA tournament bracket. You can take a look at all the brackets up on 101 ESPN. Dot com and uh, fill them out. Have you filled yours out? I sure have. Okay.
2: I sure have. And
1: you have Michigan going to the championship game.
2: Uh, First-round exit,
1: unfortunately. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I'm legitimately thinking about betting that. Uh, I'm just telling you. Not that they go to the championship game, per se. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm not in on Michigan. My champion is Arizona.
1: Why do you hate Juwan Howard?
2: Love Juwan Howard. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've uh, Those Heat teams, the... Heedles, as they were called, he was like a player coach. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Joan Howard, and uh, I think that Michigan this year was was pretty bad, but they're in a really good conference, so we've kind of seen it a that.
1: lot in the NCAA tournament. The team that people say shouldn't be in a tournament wind up taking it personally yeah. and use it as momentum, and then they get themselves in a spot psychologically where they just go off. Let me take you back 20 years to March of 2002 and the 12-seed Missouri Tigers going up against Miami, and they ship them, and then they surprise Ohio State at the pit in Albuquerque, and off to San Jose they go for the Sweet 16, where they defeat Steve Lavin's UCLA Bruins. And then they go up against Oklahoma, and they fail to hit their free throws and lose, but the 12th seed was a matter of free throws away from going to their first-ever Final Four. And a lot of people said they shouldn't be in a tournament.
2: Thank you to Vince Scully for that voiceover work. Yeah. And
1: uh, we saw last year with Syracuse.
2: Syracuse, I believe, was the same situation, 11th seed, that made the little run. Who
1: was so. the one a few years ago Jay Billis was going nuts about that shouldn't be in there? And then I think they went, it might mean, have been South Carolina with Frank Martin. I don't know, it was some team, and he was going nuts. And, and usually if he's going was nuts, he, about the NCAA.
2: Was he telling the you can't look these guys in the eye. No, that's Dick Vitale. <laughs> How are you
1: going to look these kids from Murray State in the eye? Yeah,
2: I got, I got Michigan in a first round exit.
1: Well, you're going to lose a lot of cash on that. I just want you to know that. Jawan Howard, they're going to be a motivated bunch.
2: Colorado State can shoot. Colorado State can shoot, and they I'm just to find a
1: spread. How come uh, I can't find a spread on this thing? Well, no, either way, Michigan championship. Michigan, and who are they?
2: <laughs> who are they going to be playing against?
1: Duke. Nice.
2: I, that that it makes more sense to me than the Wolverines who are damn near five hundred.
1: Uh, Billikins are a four point favorite against Northern Iowa for those of you who are in such a state of mind that you're betting the NIT. <laughs> <That would> definitely... <laughs> Listen, let me have let me have a, let me take a minute here. Yeah. Sit some wanna, people down. <laughs> I wanna sit some people down. If you or anybody you are near and dear to are in a position in your life where you are betting the NIT, stop. Please. There's 67
2: college basketball games coming up here in the tournament over the next couple of weeks. Stick to those.
1: It's time. You have people around you who care about you. You have a family. You have children who look up to you. And if they found out you had money on the NIT... Seriously, that would
2: break, would break my heart if my dad was betting on the NIT. I'd be like, no, Dad, please. Please, at least bet on this Texas Southern Corpus Christi game instead.
1: Well, my sons are disappointed in me in riding uh, Michigan all the way to the finals. They looked at the bracket on yeah, the they knew. ESPN. Uh, they
2: know the Wolverines bracket didn't have it contest.
1: This year. Yep. All right, we will talk it over with the Colonel. We got this college football news that I'm going to text him to make sure is accurate. <laughs> the latest on the coaching search, and we'll relive the magic that was 10 years ago today. I remember sitting at my place in downtown St. Louis. Wearing black and gold with a with a black and gold flag that <laughs> a said "Raw
2: pen, little pennant state.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and I remember Joe Strauss, the late, great Joe Strauss, really having a big afternoon when Missouri lost to Norfolk State. Just that little grin on his face. Hence the name Balloon Party. As you can imagine, there was a hashtag Truman Down. Down, down, down.
2: Matty Maugh, Columbia Beaver. Oh, my
1: goodness. And just a year later, they wouldn't figure out a way to stop Trey Mason for four straight quarters in the same play. Truman down again. Uh, So we'll talk that over with the Colonel. That's coming up next here on Balloon Party, also known as Our Town. This is 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Nothing says somebody is not looking forward to an interview more than when they text you and say, hey, I gotta be out by eleven. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to the program on the Brown and Croup and Celebrity Line. This gentleman is an A-list celebrity, the Colonel Gabriel P. The Armand of PowerMizzou.com. Listen to the crowd. Hi, Gabe. Hi, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Gabe JT Daniels, visiting Columbia. Yes? Uh,
4: Sounds that way, yeah. Um, Mike Griffith, who covers Georgia, tweeted that that was going to happen. I just checked in with the source and was told that that's the hope. Um, It it hasn't maybe 100% been finalized on their end, but if it's coming from the Georgia side, I would imagine somebody close to Daniels told them that. So it looks like it. What do you think? I mean, not a surprise. They've been after transfer quarterbacks, you know, they checked, uh, kicked the tires on Spencer Rattler. Um, They had Jaden Daniels in for a visit. They've been in touch with JT Daniels for for quite a while now. So it seems pretty obvious they're looking for like a one-year solution here at starter. Um, So yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. I mean, is JT Daniels a great quarterback? I I don't really know. Um, I haven't, seen him play all that much in the last three years, but uh, it, it appears they think he is probably an upgrade to what they have.
1: Yeah, that, that's uh, that's where the question is really with the 2022 Missouri football season is it all starts at, uh, at, at quarterback, the black and gold game uh, coming up. Uh, what indications have you heard? I, I'm, I'm a loyal PowerMizzou.com subscriber, and if you're a Missouri fan, you're not going to get better coverage than PowerMizzou.com. Uh, anything standing out uh, from what you are hearing, what you are reading, what you are seeing, what the word is, what's going on, uh, anything that stands out? I know they let horn and Macon actually talk uh this week which was exciting uh there's a christmas gift eli Drinkwitz said to the media <laughs>
4: yeah uh cook and making yeah but uh, no i mean we're not there's not a lot to hear i mean you know i've, I've had a few people that have seen practices say luther burton looks every bit like he was advertised but uh drink is is clearly um tired of the questions and doing a good job to tamp down the hype there um You know, he was asked yesterday, what have you seen out of Luther Burton this spring? He said, he's a good player. Uh, (laughs) That was was the extent of the answer. You know, um, and and look, I understand it from his perspective. The only thing I've really got to compare this to is Shelton Richardson. And there was so much hype around him. And I remember the first week of fall camp, like he was late getting here and all kinds of deals coming from Juco. and, And, you know, people were asking questions about him every day. And the coaches and even the players were going, Guys, we're going to talk about the guys that are here. This is, you know, and I, so I think there's probably, I, I don't, it's not Luther's fault. It's, uh, this is what happens when a program that doesn't normally land a kid like that lands a kid like that is, you know, everybody wants to talk about him. Right? He's one of, you know, 80 or whatever it is, and he's still going to have to have a guy who can get him the ball, who has a line in front of him to, to protect, some other guys to take pressure off him in the receiving core. I mean, Uh, So I think, and he's a true freshman who hasn't played a college football game, so once they get on campus, nobody cares how many stars they had or anything like that. It's about how good are you day to day, and, and coaches and players get tired of talking about kids that haven't done it here yet.
1: Gabe Yarman, our guest here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. You can read all kinds of information and subscribe to get that information if you are a Missouri or just college fan in general at powermazoo.com. that is the Colonel's site along with a number of other writers who cover Missouri sports. Let's talk about the coaching search for the basketball program. Every day, updates on PowerMizzou.com. Gabe, uh, I read the one this morning at around 6 a.m., and uh, what can you share with our audience regarding the state of the search?
4: Yeah, our feel right now is that there are four guys that we can kind of comfortably say we think have some traction here. Um, whether that's, a, a, I think the first important thing to say is we try not to say anything we don't know or don't feel pretty good about. Um, and, and if we do, we we preface it with, hey, this is this is just a rumor. Like the, the Dana Altman stuff at the beginning, I've got no proof there's anything to that. Uh, but Dave Matter and I have both kind of heard his name as, hey, maybe this is a guy looking to move. So we just passed that on, and I haven't heard anything really since then. Um, But I I think Dennis Gates from Cleveland State, Matt Matt McMahon from Murray State, um, Kim English from George Mason, and and Jerome Tang, the Baylor assistant, are all guys that have some level of involvement in this. Uh, Todd Golden from San Francisco is a guy that it makes a lot of sense that he would be involved here. We don't necessarily have any proof that he is, but he's kind of one of those names that we're looking at. And, you know, there are a bunch of – I mean, every coaching search starts with, hey, we want to get a a successful sitting high major coach, preferably one who's in the NCAA tournament. Well, yeah, there's like 25 of those guys, and they tend to not really be looking for other jobs, right? It's not impossible. Uh, Sometimes you get like a Mike White type situation, although he wasn't in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, but every now and then you could see a guy jump. But if you're not one of those Duke, Kansas, Kentucky level, Indiana, maybe Michigan State level programs, and and I'm I'm not even sure I should have said Indiana to be honest. But you know, if you're not one of those kind of elite programs, I, the truth is the the ability to go hire a coach who's doing well at another high major school is is very very low. So. The likelihood in this always has been that Missouri probably is looking at a mid major higher and hoping they hit on that next up-and-coming guy.
1: So you had a report in, uh, in your com notes this morning on a coach who I think would catch people's attention. Not to say that he's in the mix, per se, Gabe, right. but that he may be looking to move on, similar to, to Mike White in Florida and what wound up happening with Georgia.
4: Yeah, Ohio State coach Chris Holtman is a guy that some people have speculated, like, hey, I wonder if maybe there's some pressure mounting. And, and look, like, like Internet fans are not the best judge uh, necessarily of whether there's pressure. But Ohio State Internet fans are a little bit uh, disenfranchised with Chris Holtman. I mean, he's been there five years. This is his fourth NCAA tournament, and he would have been in the other one, but it was canceled. Uh, He's his seventh seed. They play Loyola on Friday. You know, they were a two-seed last year and got beaten the first round by Oral Roberts. They've made it every year, but they haven't made the second weekend yet. And there's some talk that, hey, maybe things are, are a little bit, you know, stale, and maybe Holtman goes into next year with some pressure. So anytime there's a coach that comes up, the first thing I do is look at his contract. Like, Danny Hurley's name came up, and I looked at his contract, and he has a $10 million buyout. So forget that. Anything you hear about that, I just don't see that as possible. But – Holtman, interestingly, last June, his buyout dropped from $12 million to basically the cost of what it would cost to buy out his assistant coaches, which is, I can't get an exact number, but I think like in the neighborhood of a million dollars, which is obviously a crazy low buyout. So if there is actual truth to the idea that he might be willing to listen to a different job. And if his buyout is a million dollars, I think that's a call you at least have your consultant
0: make and just say, hey,
4: any chance he would he would be interested in listening. I have no idea if that call's been made. I have no idea if it was what the answer is. You know, so this is just kind of one of those things. I mean, covering a coaching search, what you're basically doing is taking one tiny little nugget of information here and there because these, these schools – Are so, they're almost more intent on keeping it quiet than they are actually hiring the right coach sometimes, it seems like. So, given that, you have to take just these little bits of information and then start to extrapolate into a a million different theoreticals and and, and guesses and things like that. And so, I, I mean, the Holtman contract, you look at it and say, hey, there, yeah, that would make sense for me to me if if they would make a call but but I can't say if that's happened and and I can't say if Holtman would have any interest because from what I was told when they hired Conzo Martin uh Chris Holtman actually is is a guy who turned down interest said he wouldn't wow. have interest in the job. He was at Butler at that time uh but was you know obviously got hired at Ohio State the same year as Conzo did. So I think Chris Holtman probably had a pretty good idea, hey, I'm not really interested in listening to Missouri cuz I think I'm going to get some some attention from from bigger places, and he obviously ended up being right.
1: Of those names you listed, and again, you can read on um Kim English, I think, would be the one that would be most recognizable just because of his oh. playing career in in Columbia. I am of the opinion, just reading tea leaves, that that he has a bigger chance of getting this job than I thought within the first few hours of the Conzo Martin firing news. Uh, where are you on uh, on that, game?
4: I would agree that I think his chances are better than I would have thought they were a week or two ago. Um, you know, because I do continue to hear his name and nothing's been shot down. And look, I, I mean, you don't have to be a genius to figure out Missouri's at least going to call it, right? They're at least going to probably talk to him. I mean, I would be shocked if they didn't. You've got uh, uh, not only an alum, but a guy that played in the winningest era in the history of Missouri basketball and the last time Missouri basketball was nationally relevant and he's a head coach. Like you have to talk to that guy and see where it is. Now I said all this year, I said, look, if you're one of the ones that wants Kim to get this job, I think the best thing is Conzo to be good enough to hang on here another year or two and let Kim prove himself with George Mason a little bit. Like take a guy like Todd golden, who Missouri fans are, are I think overall pretty excited about when you start talking about mid major guys He's been at San Francisco three years. He's I don't know something like sixty six and twenty something I think in three years. Uh, So good record. Now they were good before he got there, but the point is, Kim English has one season as a head coach and it's a fourteen and sixteen record. And there are reasons. I mean, they had a really good schedule. You know, obviously year one he was not taking over a program that was necessarily great. But he's still fourteen and sixteen, and that is something that that people are going to look at and say, well, you can't hire. I mean, if if he wasn't an alum, you would never talk to him. And that may be true. You maybe wouldn't talk to him, although I've seen some things that Kansas State has talked to him. Uh, I believe Boston College talked to him last year. So, you know, he is a guy that's on people's radar um, at, at places where he didn't obviously go to school. Um, I, you know, I, if I look at it objectively, I, I think they're – Kim English can be the first – Hey, it can't be, Timmy. This is your job to turn down, right? And and then you move on from there. That that can't be the situation. But if you're looking at a couple bigger names or a couple maybe more proven guys, and it doesn't that doesn't come to fruition, then when you start getting down to the discussion of Kim English, Todd Golden, Matt McMahon, Dennis Gates, I, look, I I have no problem with somebody that would look at that and say. Well, if that's your candidate, pool, I mean, the guy who knows the program and knows what it takes to be good here uh, he prob- and, and maybe would stay here longer than the other guys, that, that makes some sense to me.
1: Uh, final thought, very uh, short on time because I would like to do a 30-for-30 30 30 on it, but we won't be able to do it. Uh, and that is uh, it was 10 years ago today that Kim English played his last game for the University of Missouri. It came at the hands of Norfolk State. You were there in Omaha. Uh, any uh, behind-the-scenes stories you can tell from that magical afternoon?
4: Well, if you talk to, to Kimmy or other guys on that team, they'll tell you, like, they still think about that all the time. That, that sticks with them. Uh, I just remember, you know, going up there and it, just so many issues from Kim being hurt to the travel, being up there to a booster, getting, you know, in, in some trouble the morning of the game in the team hotel and all kinds of stuff and just, the first half, you know, you kind of thought, okay, hey, Cinderella, you know, they're they're doing some things, but, like, there's no pressure on them. This is going to start to go away. And then with about, I think about eight or nine minutes left, I turned to, to Donnie Proctor, who was sitting next to me, a TV guy in Kent City. I said, I think they're going to lose this game. <laughs> like, Norfolk State just wasn't going away. And they just kept making shot after shot. Every time Missouri would do something, uh, they did something, you know. And, and it's uh, obviously – I I go back and forth. I know it it sticks with Missouri fans. That game alone, people, obviously, it's one of their worst memories, and I understand that. Missouri fans let it wreck the season for them. I think that season doesn't get the credit it should. It's still one of the best seasons in school history. It's still as fun of a basketball team as Missouri has probably ever had to watch. I mean, from just destroying Cal and Notre Dame early in the season to the games with, with KU to winning the Big 12 tournament, I mean, It was a phenomenal season that had a really, really bad end. And then I I remember kind of the biggest takeaway from that day was after we had finished up in the media room watching the other games on TV, and Lehigh beat Duke that night. Yeah. And kind of the buzz around the media room that night was, oh, congratulations, Frank. You're not the biggest story in the tournament today.
1: Yeah. That, that was right. I forgot about the Lehigh-Duke game. That's exactly right, Colonel. I got to go, and I know you got to go. It's always great to catch up. I look forward to harassing you with more texts throughout the week.
4: <laughs> Sounds good. Guys, have a good. There he one. is, Gabe
1: Darmann, University of Missouri Journalism Class '98, my cohort. Uh, the only two guys from the state of Missouri in the journalism school <laughs> class. All right, uh, got a break. Uh, I don't think we're going to have time for So What'd Your Grandma Think?
2: Yeah, we're going to have to push it to tomorrow. How happened? happens? Well,
1: that's you got your big new open for So What'd Your Grandma Think tomorrow and St. Patrick's Day is a gift in, to me.
2: I was in the editing uh, bay yesterday cooking it up. Oh, so wow, you were in the lab. I was in the lab, Back so hopefully lab I'll be ready again. by
1: tomorrow. Uh, good information from the girl. You can check out more at powermazoo.com. Tim McKernan and Jackson Burkett with you. This is Balloon Party, doing business as Mark and Sam yep. on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Well, well that's gonna do it. That'll wrap it up. Yep. That's all bad she time wrote. management, and that's on Jackson. Let's it be is. honest with you.
2: It is on me. Let's
1: be honest with the audience here today. Honesty in media. BK and Ferrari are coming up next.
0: This has been our best
1: segment, Balloon Party. 101 ESPN. <laughs>